Welcome back, listeners and subscribers, to For Your Amusement, the podcast where we discuss uh, amusement parks around the country, all for your amusement. I'm here with my friends Nick and Nolan. Guys, welcome. Welcome to the starting of a podcast where we get to bash our favorite ride in Universal, Fast and the Furious Supercharged. Um, We have consistently i just googled it before we started this podcast and i I think on google out of five stars it has two and a half that's still far too high i saw another website where it was 1.1 stars out of five we all know this is not a beloved ride by anybody who's an avid or repetitious theme park goer um but it looks like there's gonna be some changes on the horizon for better or for worse i guess that is yet to be seen, but the current ride as it stands, does anybody right now, would anybody go on this willingly in the middle of their vacation? Well, I, I go occasionally. I, I don't aim for it, but I mean, once in a while, just for Pat, to be honest, but right. <laughs> Yeah, it's something you got to do once for Pat one, you know, during your trip. I probably haven't been on this ride in like three. I don't remember when it opened, but it's been at least three years. Um, oh, opened in 2018, so there you go. Probably hasn't been since 2018. So, um, before, well, actually, we're gonna start off with with some specs and whatnot. So, uh, Nolan, I'm gonna ask you this first. If you could pinpoint a problem with the ride, why this ride is so poorly reviewed. What, what's your assessment? Why do people dislike this so much? I think there's three things that kind of pop out to me and just anybody else. I think one thing is the graphics slash animation that they use, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's very low budget. Like for a place like Universal, looks like it's something made out of like Six Flags or something like that. And I think it was very... I, it just looks very bad on their end. Um, two, the acting um, in the first scene that you come up to is awful. It's like, it feels like I'm at like a high school play. It's <laughs> really bad. And three, I think also it's just very short. Like you compare it to um, King Kong where, I mean, yeah, it's not as, it's not like the best attraction ever, King Kong. But, you know, there's a lot of things that are going on. At the end, there's, like, an animatronic of King Kong, and in uh, Fast and Furious, it's just very short. It's pretty much just, like, um, a minute of bad acting, and then ten seconds later, you're in, like, this PS2 video game for, like, another (laughs) Yeah, it's always baffled me why they put so little money into this, because Universal... They own the rights to Fast and Furious. So it's not like everything else where they don't own it and they pretty much they rent out, you know, the, the right to have a ride made out of it. This is their, and this is their biggest property. Like this is their biggest blockbuster franchise by far. And so the fact that they didn't put any money, money into this, any, you know, any type of budget at all. And then the other thing also is this is like Fast and Furious is a car series. So like you would expect like to be in a car and, like, going fast and kind of, you know, if 
right? It, it would be so much better even if they had, you know, each person was in their own car and they were racing down, and then you saw the graphics on the side. So I think that also contributes to it because we expected, you know, something like that. Whereas if you're riding a bus that goes two miles per hour, it's not like anything. Yeah, Kyle, that's a really good point. I've never seen a ride that touts uh, the word fast in its title and end up being so fucking slow. Right. Um, the pacing of the ride is pretty poor, too. Like, even – I don't really love the uh, – what's the word? Like, the simulation idea of having uh, screens on either side of you and then those, like, abrupt movements. They, they, they do it in Spider-Man and Transformers, too. Like, abrupt starts and stops just because of, like, limitations of space. Like, it just feels, I don't know, it feels herky-jerky, it's not fluid, and it's not racing at all. So, um, I'm gonna, we're gonna start this from the beginning. So, how do you guys feel, this has nothing to do with Fast and Furious, this is just kind of a general question, but how do you guys feel in general about pre-shows in a queue? Take it, leave it, hate it, love it? I absolutely hate it. Okay. Kyle? Just real quick, I think it's just, um... It makes the line a lot longer, and two, it's just it's. I mean, usually like with this with Pat, he like kind of is like humorous because of like the history. But usually it's just like you're in like a room with like strangers and it's just very awkward and just like you're waiting for just door to open. Right. Like I never want a pre-show, but I feel like there's some that are absolutely terrible, and then you just want to get through as quick as possible. But there are others that like make it a little bit fun, you know, like Shrek or like Jimmy Fallon, you know, or even, you know, Hagrid. That's like a little bit fun. Um, but it's, you know, mo- I never like seek it out, you know, like no one's excited to go to the pre-show. Uh, very well said, both of you. Um, I think if I were to change the whole like pre-show thing, like a lot of guests that run through parks in a day, they don't give a fuck about storylines and shit. They just want to have fun, be entertained, you know, thrills, going fast, whatever, adrenaline. I'm one of those people that personally, I love story, I love backstory, I love to dive deep in all that goodness, and I enjoy being explained what I'm going to be encountering on this ride, like what's the point of me going on this party bus, like whatever. I think there's ways that they can incorporate a uh story-based cue without stopping you in a room like Nolan was saying was crowded with strangers because whenever they tell jokes like let's be honest we we talk about Pat quite a bit as you know haha joke whatever but that poor actor guy or girl they they're saying these terrible corny dad jokes and they never get anybody to laugh all day i would hate that job it would fucking suck so i just feel like there's there's definitely ways that they can incorporate storylines sort of like Harry Potter did with the cue you know you don't yeah. necessarily stop but they do happen um, uh, but you know, fuck pre-shows. They just make the line longer. Nolan, Kyle, uh, well said. You guys Thank you. covered the, it the good. one thing I just want to just point out also about Fast and Furious before we move, we move yep. on. Um, yep. also you made a good point before Nick that like, you can't really like you have, you know, um, screens on both sides, but you can't really see either screen too well, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's not like you mentioned, like Spider-Man. Like you could see the screens on Spider-Man. You can't see these screens. That's a really good. That's a really good point. Um, I, for somebody who goes to uh, theme parks often, I have come to sort of—I don't want to say the word appreciate, but this is the first thing that's coming to my mind. 
when I go on it time and time again, I usually look at the opposite screen that most people are supposed to look at because you can, like, notice different nuances and whatnot. But for, like, the one-time rider that's never going to go on it again, like, what the hell are you supposed to look at? It's, like, sensory overload. So, um, Kyle, very good point there. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up uh, just another thing. You just kind of jumped into my head. How do you guys feel about wearing like glasses on a ride, like the 3D goggles? You guys care about that? Does that bother you at all? No. Um. It honestly depends on the ride. Um. Let's say Spider Man. I know you like that ride, so let's say Spider Man. Like it, it enhances it. I think it's very good. For what it does, there's actually very good special effects or 3D effects that are used really good on that ride. Um, I'm a fan of it as long as it's a ride where it's not relied on it. You know, like in Spider-Man, there's so much stuff going on and, like, you know, there's so much scenery, you know, where you don't have to solely base your eyes on that, you know. But on, like, a ride like Fast and Furious, it's just strictly based off that. And I think that's kind of why it it lacks because, like, it looks so kind of – it's supposed to be three-dimensional, but in my mind, it makes it even look kind of, like, more two-dimensional because of, like, how bad it looks. Mm-hmm. And maybe if, like, there was no 3D on it. Wait, actually, wait. There's no – I'm tripping. Is there – it's not 3D, right? No. Uh, no? No, not on Fast and Furious. Yeah. Okay, so scratch what I just said because I just – I was like, wait a second. Because I'm confusing it with the King Kong. Well, so, but but it's interesting, Nolan, you say because I read an article about it where they said it was supposed to be 3D, yeah. and then that, that could be, like, a reason why the graphics were yeah, so bad, and then they, you know, they stopped it. That's what I kind of I was aiming for, and it kind of makes sense because it just looks so bad where I think maybe the glasses would help it. And, like, I was like I was saying before, though, like, a ride, like, uh, I don't know, maybe, like, uh, what uses 3D? Um, Spider-Man, like Nick said. Um, well, yeah, uh, yeah, it's been me used to, and then they pulled it away. Yeah. Oh, really? I haven't been on that ride in ages. Like, a ride, like, uh, yeah. uh, Forbidden Journey. Like, that was, they were aiming to use 3D on that ride, but in my opinion, I think that kind of lessened the whole experience because of how much stuff is going on. You kind of look at your, like, uh, vanity and your perception of, like, what's kind of going on around you and I think that kind of limits your abilities to enjoy the ride yeah I have no issue with the um with the 3D glasses per se like if it's like Nolan said if it's meant for it um there's been a lot of backlash about it recently and that's like um for whatever reason um Universal's been pulling down like the 3D like they like we just talked about with Spickle Me they pulled off the 3D and you know the other rides they pulled 3D off of it too and, like, I don't have any issue if that's what it's meant for. But, like Nolan said, like, if it's something, like, where, like, Harry Potter, where it's a blend of, you know, like, the 3D, or not 3D, but, like, just, like, the screens and real sets, like, then I don't think it's necessary. Um, but, like, I have, like, I don't care about wearing the glasses. If it's going to enhance the experience, who cares? Okay, agreed. Um, so the the refurb that they're going to do on this ride, do you, do you guys know off the top of your head how long it's going to be down for? I don't know. Nolan, do you know? It's so, not too long, though, right? Oh, it says just a week. Well, Is no, that, that true? That, that's for just, like, a regular refurb, but they're going to have, like, a huge, kind of like what Mummy's going through. Right. 
do the same thing for uh, Fast and Furious. So I would say like maybe six months or so, maybe a little bit longer. Because in my mind, maybe they might retheme it and redo all these things, and it it would kind of act as like a new attraction for the year sort of thing, which I think is what they might be aiming for. So retheme it, like take away the Fast and Furious and put something so, else. Yes. So there's rumors that are saying that it could either be turned into the Hobbs and Shaw film or two, they might just redo this whole kind of story. They might add some different things in like the um, part where it's just like the black tunnel and just in the main ride as well. They might just completely rebrand it to something else because like you were saying before, they own the rights for it. So all they need is the actors for it and that's pretty much it. So in my mind, I think it's just a no-brainer because so many people just hate it, and like I, I just I don't get how they kind of had the green light to do it in the first place. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I mean I don't think any like revision that they make could really change the ride. I mean maybe it would help a little bit, but like this needs to be like torn down and then rebuilt. So they're not going to do that in six months. So I don't know what they're going to do. Even if they turn into a Hobbs and Shaw ride, like it's still the same like thing where like you're you're expecting it to be you know something you know or maybe like adventurous and it's still going to be this stupid ride. Well, let's be honest here. The only appropriate uh, like uh, as far as I can think, something that's been built style of ride that fits fast and the furious is a test track slash car land style ride like that's that's it you start off with like a maybe story building okay maybe we're testing out your drifting abilities and then you go head to head in a race that'd be fucking sick drifting around corners or something yeah because i mean let's be honest what they what they built is kind of like i'm not a big fan of the franchise but like kyle you're a big harry potter fan imagine if they did Fast and the Furious quality with Harry Potter. Everybody would have had a fucking fit, and Universal would have been in the shitter. So, right, uh, it is a huge missed opportunity. Um, but hopefully, whatever they do is, I guess, somewhat of a band aid because they have a wound. I don't think they can heal right now. But anyway, that's besides the point. So, uh, closing statements on Fast and the Furious. Go once, twice. No. Um, so something interesting, uh, that I saw yesterday, Kyle sent the article today that I think just basically tells you how different countries deal with certain situations. Uh, Kyle, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you take the helm on this one, but we're going to do a little COVID spiel, uh, overseas. All right. So Disneyland Shanghai in China. Um, so yeah, I think it was yesterday or Sunday, I think actually Sunday, um, so someone that was in the parks tested positive for COVID or came into contact with someone that tested positive for COVID. So the Chinese government shut down the park and essentially trapped almost 34,000 people in the park and made them one by one take COVID tests. And they weren't allowed to leave until the test was negative. And apparently the last person left at 10.30 p.m. Oh, oh my God. Well, um, how do I talk about this without getting political? Um, it, it's kind of honestly, it is kind of impressive though that they could get 
30,000 people tested that quickly. I mean, obviously yeah. those tests are whatever. I don't know how valid and accurate they are, but right. um, if this ever happened in America and they shut down people inside of a park, there would be a fucking riot and they'd rip the yeah. gates down and kill the cast members. So thank God this wasn't America. Right. Um, communism at its finest, that's all I got to say. No, you're 100% right, Nick, because, I mean, they're a country that, you know, without getting political, is used to following orders of the government. Whereas clearly you've seen during COVID, the United States, people are not. And so this would not have gone over well, like you said. Mm. I no, yeah. I'm I'm just confused by something though. So it says some a lady or not a lady, a guest tested positive. Did they like call the park and say, "Hey, I tested positive, <laughs> shut it down," and make, like how did they even find out? That's what's strange to me. That I don't know. I don't think it says. Like it didn't say in any article I read. Um, I mean. I guess they're keeping tracks on them. You know, they know who's testing positive, who went where, you know, mm. that type of thing. Very true. Big Brother's always watching. Yeah. <coughs> it, so, Nolan, do you have any thoughts on it? I, just, I have a question if, if you do. Or if you, you know, if you don't. Uh, I think it's stupid. Because in yeah. my mind, I think of it, it has probably happened. If not once, it ha- it's happened many times already in the parks down here. And yeah. it's just – and even not even just parks, like airports and different spots. You know, you're not going to shut down an airport if there's a dude that had COVID, you know. So that's it just – it's something just sounds a little weird when I heard it. I was like it, – it just it just wild how Nick was saying, like, they were able to shut it down. And they pretty much tested and did all that to 30,000 people at once. Yeah, I mean, the scope of this, like, the fact that they shut it down, like, they were able to keep over 30,000 people in the parks, that they were able to get over 30,000 tests within, I don't know, like, minutes over to that park is nuts. Um, But I do have a question for you guys. Um, So let's say that this happened um, in the United States and in Orlando, and let's forget the fact that people would probably go crazy. And something that I didn't see, I was trying to find, was – did they let them stay on the rides? Did they let them go, you know, get food or whatever? I don't think so. I'm assuming they were all just waiting in line. Mm. But well, my question for you guys, so if you were locked into the parks, what would you use that opportunity and that extra time to do? Which, you know, would you go on a ride and which one? Would you go, you know, eating, you know, different stands or whatever? What would you do? Okay, so lock us down to a specific place. Lock us down to like a Lock park. us? Okay. So which okay? So which park do you guys? You could pick either. Well, you know. no, I'm gonna let you be COVID. You are COVID, and okay. you are my. You're God. Where'd you put me? <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, the mean thing to do would be putting you in uh, <laughs> the uh, in the regular Universal Studios, but I'll <laughs> put you in Islands to be nice. You've okay. suffered enough. You have COVID. <laughs> um, what would I do? Hmm. Oh, I mean, well, I would. Okay, I'm I'm fuck fuck a ride. Let's say I'm hungry. I haven't had the green eggs and ham, uh, little quick service restaurant kiosk thing in Seussland. They they turn that into like a tater tot thing. I haven't had them yet. I would go for that. I give me some tater tots, some pizza tots, or something. 
Trying. That's what I do. Nolan? Yeah, I would eat and drink as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Sleep Because I don't know how long I'm going to have to wait. I might right. as well enjoy myself. And there's a lot of stuff, like Nick was saying, that I haven't really eaten or tried yet. So I'd go that route. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I would probably just wander around. Harry Potter world, like going from store to store, especially like, you know, the, you know, places you could eat at, um, and just like try to eat, you know, things I haven't eaten before. And then of course, you know, get butterbeer, but like, that's probably what I would do. And then there are so many shops that, you know, you only spend a couple seconds in, I would, you know, spend more time in those shops. That's a good point. I don't know if I've been in every shop and I think I've been in every shop in Diagon Alley, but I don't think I've been in Hogsmeade. I have to do that one day. Curious to know what they got. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Nolan. Oh, that was that was Kyle. Oh no, I just said yeah. I just agreeing with you because okay. oh, I feel okay. the same way. So, uh, just a really quick thing back to Shanghai. Imagine being a foreigner <laughs> in Shanghai on vacation, and then all of a sudden, it's like that scene in uh, Monsters Inc. when he has this, this he has a sock on him, and the scene oh, yeah. comes and tries to. You'd be like, what the hell's going on? That'd be scary as hell. You're locked in there. You can't go anywhere. Right. That'd be creepy. Wow. Yeah. All right. I was, I was just actually talking to someone about, um, like, if you're a foreigner, do you have to follow the protocol? Like, not protocols, but, like, rules that they set for, you know, for everyone in China. Like, you know, in terms of, like, you know, you can only see this amount of American movies. You can only have this amount of kids or whatever. And mm. so – I, you know, that's interesting to me, what, you know, what you brought up is how strict do, you know, do you have to follow those rules? And I'm assuming if, if you're in their country, you have to do whatever they say. Right. Yeah, you're at the mercy of them. Governments, right. man, they can, we're not going to get political, but goddamn, things can go south so fast. Um, all right. So uh, that was actually a, a really interesting occurrence, I guess. I don't know if we've ever had anything like that happen ever i don't think has a park ever been shut down with people inside of it like because of like a natural disaster a tornado i don't know if i've ever seen that before not that i know hmm, it took covid god damn that's <laughs> crazy um all right well uh sticking on the disney theme i was in disney i don't remember my freaking time goes by so fast whenever the hell i was there maybe not the week that just passed but the week before and uh, I was waiting in line for the Flight of Passage ride, and we were waiting there for quite a while. We'd asked for a specific row, whatever, and the girl there was kind of just hanging out by us, and I decided to talk to her, ask her, you know, how does she like her job? How did she get the job? How does the job work? So she was kind of telling me a little bit of insider information. So basically, when you want to work for Disney, you go through the Casting Center, which is located in Disney Springs. And obviously they interview you, see where you fit, where you don't, um, and let's say you get cast to operate a ride. So the way it goes is you're you're assigned to a section of the park. So let, let's say you're assigned to the Avatar section. You get three rides that you can choose from, and I think it was Flood Passage, the um, Bugs, It's a Bugs Life, and the Navi River Journey that she had the option to work. And they toss her around, I guess, what's needed throughout the week. So she gets, you know, different experiences every week without getting bored. But the one thing that I wanted to know was the Rise of the Resistance, because that's a very different ride as far as cast member interaction. And I know, Kyle, you've been on it. I haven't. So um, I'm going to ask your your little uh, expertise here. So 
does the ride first start with cast members being friendly and then it sort of changes as you go through? They get a little more aggressive? Well, um, I, I guess they're friendly. Like when you're getting, like you're waiting in line, you're getting into the ride. I guess they're friendly. But the second, like you get into the ride, they like act like they're like almost like stormtroopers where like they're, they're holding you captive. Okay. So I asked how you get the job there and apparently you have to audition and you kind of have to have I actor's mentality because you can't really break character. Like if somebody starts interacting back with you, you kind of can't really crack smiles and whatnot. So she says a lot of cast members don't really get that opportunity because obviously they don't audition well enough to get the job, which I thought was pretty interesting because it's kind of a mentally draining job because you kind of have to keep that up all day. And obviously you're going to get a guest out of the thousands that walk through your queue every day that are going to be kind of a dick to you. And you kind of just have to deal with it. I'm sure on a normal ride, they get, some pretty interesting characters that say some not very nice things to them. So, uh, you know, the Disney way, you kind of have to take it with a smile and whatnot. So I I just can't imagine being one of those people because you are responsible for their safety. Obviously, you know, they tell you, oh, push up on your lap bar. But, you know, if they send somebody out there without the things being cleared, things can go south and it's kind of on their hands. So I have a quick question for you guys. If you guys, I'm going to use Magic Kingdom. If you guys could work one ride, as just, you know, ride operator, whatever, do you guys have a ride that you'd specifically want to be in because of environment or whatever? In which park? Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom. Magic. I think I'd probably roll with... It's tough. It's tough, but I would probably pick Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. I, I would 100% pick the Haunted Mansion. I get to wear a dope-ass <laughs> fucking, like, Victorian-era split-tail suit, so I'm all for that. Um, but, yeah, that's the one interesting thing about Disney when you work there is you do get some pretty cool, um, I don't know if you want to call them uniforms or whatever to wear, depending on the ride you're in. So universals are kind of, let's be honest, they're kind of, kind of shit. If you got stuck in Seuss land and you had to wear yeah. that whatever outfit, I'd be embarrassed. But, um, yeah, that's that. And uh, she was actually a really uh, interesting person to talk to because sometimes you get a Disney cast member and they're just having a bad day and whatever, and it's, it's, it goes south. But she was cool. So shout out to you. I don't remember what your name was. I think it was Jordan. Jordan, at Flight of Passage, if you're listening, thank you for the insider information. Um. Oh well, but Nick, go, go ahead. Move off that topic. One yep. interesting thing that you brought up was, you know, you have you can't break character. You know, even when people ask you crazy things, and like I've seen a ton of videos where like the actual like the characters walking around, like the princesses and Mickey and all these people, you know, like they get asked a ton of questions, especially for like TikTok videos. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, you know, things that like there's no way that they, you know, they really could know. Like for instance, like. They were asking, like, Snow White about, like, what's her favorite pizza? And, like, she has to be like, oh, I don't know what that is. You know, what is that? And then, like, you know, you can't just respond as, you know, as if you know. You know, you have to be in character for things, you, you know, you never even prepare for. It's very true. Same thing with, with uh, Harry Potter and obviously yeah. with Star Wars and all that. They act like you are, you know, what's Earth? That's It's kind of funny. Um, but it is kind of weird, though, because all these people, they, they are actors. 
and you know it doesn't everybody can't be an actor it does take a certain person to be able to embody another character but it's kind of crazy that they're putting all that mental effort and physical embodiment and all that for very cheap wages so respect those people because they sweat quite a bit in this florida heat in those costumes so mm. shout out to all the actors and actresses sweating daily for our <laughs> pictures and entertainment you guys are the real heroes um but switching back over to the bread and butter of Universal, um, Nolan sent a Epic Universe layout map. Nolan, how accurate is that? Is that speculation? Give me some details. Well, that is a hundred percent true. Ooh, there is uh, no lies to the picture. Um, they're pretty much doing a bunch of groundwork. They're, I mean, they've been doing that, but. The signs are really dig above the surface. They're putting some stuff in. Um, I think they've been working on the uh, parking lot, so I think they're maybe starting there. But pretty much, um, so based off the picture that I sent, which you guys obviously can't see. I have it. I got it. But I was talking about, like, the people listening. But <laughs> oh, oh, gotcha. So pretty much, if you don't know by now, it's uh, the new park is going to be based off um, – a central hub and pretty much like six to seven different lands that aren't really connect are connected just by centers they branch out so um the central hub will be 25 acres um the super nintendo world is 8.5 with an additional seven for expansion um universal monsters is seven acres with the uh, expansion the 3.5 um Wizarding World is 14 acres, which is pretty big. Um, they have the Dueling Coasters, which is 9. How to Train Your Dragon is 16.5, which is pretty giant. And then they have a future expansion, which is in between Wizarding World and the Coasters, which is at 17 acres. So, Nolan. So, oh, well, sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. No. Nolan, um, so I guess I don't know if you would know. Um, so, you know, the rumor has always been that there was going to be two city walks, that one was going to be inside the park. Do you know if this means that that's not going to happen? or um, Probably be part of the central hub. I'm not 100% sure, um, but I believe that it would have to probably be where it's at. However, I'm not I'm not 100% sure that the central hub is the city walk per se. It honestly could be just part of the theme park and the city walk is uh beyond that. Gotcha. Cuz if you so think of if you think of it kind of like um how do I describe it kind of um think of it kind of like if you had Epcot and the Epcot ball was, like, your hub area, like, surrounding it. And then you could say the parks or the, the main attractions are your uh, rides and whatnot. And then the you could say, like, the City Walk part would probably be to the left of where, like, kind of, like, the countries are, if that kind of makes sense. Gotcha. I think it's kind of interesting, though. They're leaving a lot of room for 
expansion. So I wonder if it's just going to be like scrim. Like, how are you going to keep that away from people? Because it looks like it's, I mean, it's bridging two lands on either side. And it's kind of a lot of real estate. I mean, you got ten and a half acres on the left side and seventeen acres on the right side. That's a lot of real estate. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious to know if that I mean, obviously that expansion would be for rides and I don't know what the fuck else you would do. You're not gonna build shops on seventeen acres of land. But I do think it's kinda of interesting that they're dedicating an entire land to how to train your dragon. I think that's a little bit of a gamble i mean do you guys agree with that or do you think that's a good fit no it definitely i mean it's a gamble because look i mean it's really not that popular of a series when you think about it Uh, i'm i'm hoping that it's mislabeled and then it's going to be more dreamworks than just how to train Mm. a dragon Mm. agreed okay i like that we'll see yeah um it, it is pretty wild i think like kyle was saying like illumination I think they have so many properties that they could use um, that even in the future, you know, if there's a new movie or something that comes out, they can make some space for it. Um, but just leaving it for 16 acres for just that is kind of crazy. But, you know, I mean, if the rides are out of this world, you know, I mean, I'll take it. Because, like, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast that you'd have a huge franchise like Fast and the Furious. And totally drop the ball. So, I mean, pretty much, pretty much just depends on uh, how they kind of enforce their uh, attractions there. Yeah, Nolan, you made a great point. I was thinking this earlier. Um, so, like with with Avatar, for instance, like obviously we know Avatar was the biggest movie ever, but it never had like an obsessive following like a Harry Potter or like a bunch of other franchises. You know, so when they built this, that world. I mean, people are only going to it because of that ride and, like, what, how great the ride is, you know, the main ride. So, like, when you think about it, right, like, if How to Train Your Dragons is amazing. Like, we've seen, like, I think we've talked about before, we saw, like, pictures of, like, designs for How to Train Your Dragon in other, other parks where it was, like, a almost, like, similar to, like, Avatar, but it was on a huge dragon. Um, like, that would be great. Like, people would go. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think it would be pretty cool. I'm just kind of excited to see kind of how it plays out um so also another thing that i noticed was nick was talking about the expansion part um so nick i'm not sure if you remember it's it's probably like in the back of your memory but i remember specifically like back in the day in like the i don't know maybe late 20 2000s how um they had the what was it called where um the roller coasters at at a Harry Potter, what's it called? Uh, Hippogriff? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. So that used to be um, a flying unicorn, right? Yeah, yep, and yes, sir. That used to pretty much be the end of the park, and they had this whole kind of, like, section behind it, which obviously would become uh, Harry Potter and all this. So it's kind of cool to kind of think of, like, how it compares to what they're trying to build. But in this instance, it's freaking a lot bigger so i'm kind of curious to see kind of what they do and a part of me is like are they really going (laughs) to expand to more harry potter because it's right next to you know that but then again they maybe like a new franchise pops up or something happens where maybe they could put another land or something in that spot 
Well, I, I think here's the, here's the thing about Epic Universe, and I think my expectation, which is not like the general public's expectation, I expect to be everything that they build to be groundbreaking in a sense. There is no need to build what's already been seen for 50 years. We don't need another Omnimover ride. We need something that the world has never seen. We need technology that they just patented and purchased that Universal only has that Disney can't replicate. I want some shit like when Forbidden Journey came around and they put that Kuga arm on and people were like, what the fuck is happening? It was a, a seamless blend between screens and practical sets. It was a very intense ride. We, we need stuff that, like, I, I kind of hate to say this, but the Super Nintendo World, um, fucking help me with the ride, uh, the Mario Kart ride, it looks like fun, but it does look a little, a little underwhelming, sort of like Fast and Furious, you expect more than what you're getting. Um, I, when, once they start going vertical with the uh, construction, you're going to start to see things take shape pretty quickly. But I think the the ride that I'm most looking forward to technology-wise, forget my passions and my interests and all that. I'm very curious to see the Universal Classic Monsters ride, whatever that's going to be. I have a feeling that's going to be something that is going to finally do justice to the franchise and is going to blow your fucking socks off with whatever they come up with with technology and telling stories, which – Disney's always done best, but I think Universal's finally catching up. So, um, really quick on this Epic Universe stuff. So, is there a certain land? Kyle, I know what your answer is going to be. Yours is going to be the Wizarding World. But, Nolan, is there a, a land that you're looking forward to as far as uh, technology goes? Like, you're going you're gonna to see something you haven't seen before. What's that thing? Um, I honestly, it's, it's a very different answer. But I'm curious to see how the hotel is placed in the park because it's one thing for, like, there's probably a couple amusement parks where, like, it maybe connects to the actual park, you know? But this is, like, a Disney Universal thing, and the theming has to be probably off the charts, Um, and it's legit right next to Harry Potter and the Classic Monsters land. So in my mind, it would have to relate to maybe one of them, if not both. And just it's legit just right next to it. So I'm kind of interested to see how they incorporate their theming, which they're really good at, especially when it comes to um, their hotels that they've done recently. And I don't know. I think I think it'd be pretty cool. So I like that answer. Okay, Kyle, you can you can go with with the Wizarding World or you can switch it up. It's up to you. So, I'm going to go with The Wizarding World. I mean, that's the one I'm most excited for. Yep. Um, but in terms of the other ones that I, like, I'm excited for, I mean, I'm trying to think. It w- I guess Super Mario Brothers would probably be the, the one I'm most excited for besides the Harry Potter one. Because I think mm-hmm. there's so much potential there. And we see what they did on a smaller scale in Japan, and hopefully they could replicate that and make it even better on the big scale. Uh, I agree. I agree 100%. I think um, if I start rambling, just cut me off. So I think the one thing that Disney has done better than anybody else in the entire world and that all these theme parks across the globe try to replicate is the seamless ability to put you in a pretty much like, I don't want to say this like suit kind of cutesy, but like, a very magical experience. When you walk into Disney, from the time you walk into the gates to the time you walk out, 
I don't feel like that magic is broken, and I feel like it's broken in islands, and I feel like it is broken in Universal. There's spots in the park that kind of don't feel theme parky at all. They kind of feel like a rundown city in a sense, kind of need sprucing up. So what I'm thinking about here, knowing you were talking about the hotel and uh, how close it is to Classic Monsters and Wizarding World, I love that idea. I would love to see the hotel be a sort of like a gateway into that experience, that magical experience, not necessarily tying it into the worlds that it, or the lands that it surrounds, but preparing you for an experience that you're never going to get once you leave those walls. Like the confines of a park should be something that it whisks you away from the problems that you, it's kind of like a good book. It whisks you away from the problems that you experience in your daily life. You're just going to have nothing but being surrounded by incredible storytelling and theming and whatever. And like Nolan was saying, it's, it's just, I can't wait to see what they come up with. Now, Nolan, do you know if there's concept art for the hotel yet for the inside? Um, There's nothing besides they have that picture from obviously the OG one with the one that they sent out like, Frickin' 2017 to 2018, whenever that was, okay. which it kind of it kind of just looks very modern, uh, plain. But then again, they maybe didn't want to show anything, you know? Like who knows? So yeah, I'm pulling it up here. I, I see what you're saying. It does look, it doesn't tell you shit. So <laughs> all right, um, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited. So if we would have never had COVID. I mean, we would have had Epic Universe in, like, a year or two, right? 2022? Yeah. yeah. Holy yeah, shit, that's so. crazy to think about. 23, uh, 23 summer, I think, which wow. is, like, under two years, which is wild. <laughs> holy shit, that's so crazy to think about. Um, I yeah, don't fuck it, it up. <laughs> no, it is It's wild, and the thing also, too, is... For one, I mean, you were talking about the the Monsters Land and just how kind of crazy that it could be. And with the rumors of it being centralized with the Kuga Arms, but with a kind of speed ride, I think that's like like something you can't even like really deny of how awesome that could be with the theming that they could do with that ride because of like Horror Nights, you know? And you put that into a ride and like, you you ha- might have like one of the best rides in the world, if not the, the actual best ride, because just of how well that they have been doing with Horror Nights, and if they use that technology, I I don't see how they can really mess that up in a way. And I think it's not even about just like thrills, you know. I think they just need to execute with whatever they have. You can't be cheap with it, because I guarantee if it's it's as good as they want it to be. You're going to get the money back, if not way more, you know? Nolan, that was my exact point that I was about to bring up. Because that was my, that was my word of caution to Universal. You know, you're going to get exactly whatever you put into it. Like, if you're going to put it, you know, if you're going to go cheap and you're going to try to, you know, get, quote-unquote, you know, the best for your buck, you know, for your buck or whatever. I mean, you know, like, you're going to get, like, what happened with Fast and Furious. Or if you put in, like things, you know, all the money into it, and you see things that no one's ever had before, um, you're going to, like, Harry Potter World, you're going to get a ton of money. Look at what Harry Potter, did, you know, did. It completely, re- you know, revolutionized the parks and then, you know, shot attendance, like, tenfold. So that's what I would say, too. Yeah, it's kind of funny because Disney has a quote saying something about, you know, if 
no matter what you do, no matter how much you spend, the public will pay you back for it if it's if it's worth it. So yeah, hundred percent. Um, just something random that I thought about. This would be kind of interesting. So I was thinking about the people mover and how that that goes through. Like you can see a piece of Space Mountain and whatnot. I think it would be cool if they build two rides that had similar theming and the rides intersected with each other. So like, let's say random, uh, random, uh, connection. Space Mountain and Tron, they're built next to each other. They have similar theming, that space, uh, fantastical element to it. If you put the Tron ride to go through the top of Space Mountain and you could see the track below you as you go by, I think that would be kind of cool. Um, I saw some concept art with like a, a boat ride and then like another roller coaster going over top of it. That would be pretty fucking cool too. I don't think we've seen anything like that before, so just random food for thought. That would be amazing. Uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, and then um, and then ahead. last to kind of round it out on the topic, but I'm very curious also to see kind of what they do with the hub section because that is like kind of what you're looking at when you walk in and what you're going through between like the parks, you know. Whereas, like, in Islands or, you know, or uh, Universal, there's – it's in a circle, you know? But in the hub, it's the opposite where that is the middle. So you could walk from pretty much any side of the park in the hub, and you could see each and every land. And I think it's it's wild to me where just, like, how much creativity relies on that because – like Kyle was saying, like, if you even mess up on this, just even not even just the rides that they will put in the hub, just with the restaurants and the theming, if you don't knock that out of the park, then how's that really going to affect kind of your layout and the park itself? Because based off what I heard, I think it was where the hub was something where you didn't have to pay to um get in but i could be completely wrong maybe they change stuff but it's just it's it's one of a kind because of kind of the layout that they're doing because it's not either in uh disney or universal parks Hmm. well the hub and spoke uh model is just about as good as it gets but i kind of want to this just jumped into my head and i kind of want to save this for another podcast because i think this could be a good discussion but Disney has the Magic Band, and the Magic Band, like, I don't really like the uh, way Disney's gone with planning your trip and not being able to, like, spontaneously go wherever you want. But the Magic Band is kind of, like, really clutch without having to have, like, a physical ticket, and you can link things to it and not worry about it. I'm curious to know the technology that Universal comes up with, if because obviously that's patented by Disney, and you're not going to be able to touch that. So that that is something to think about for sure. Yeah, and I think... I mean, if you think about it, like, um, at Volcano Bay, Volcano Bay, they have the uh, Tabu Tabu, where they have the virtual line queues, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that could be something that could be used a lot in the sea park. I mean, there's a lot of, like, pros and cons that come to it, but that's also something that, that probably they've uh, talked about as well. There's definitely a lot of things they can improve on. I mean, the the app for Universal could use some TLC. I think we're gonna see some some big big changes. Put your money in the right spots, and you guys are gonna be able to catch up quickly. <laughs> Hopefully, they don't fuck up. Yeah. Nolan, you got anything history for today? I do. I got uh, one thing, and it actually happened today, November second. Um, a 
movie slash uh, you could say slash franchise um, came out twenty years ago. Mm. So that would be two thousand and one. So you said a movie or franchise from Universal? I will not give the name, but I think you guys can I, get it. I know it, but Harry yeah, Potter? I think I'm pretty sure I know it, but I'll, Nick, why don't you go first? If it's not Harry Potter, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's true, too. Harry Potter did come out when it's not Spider-Man. It is not Spider-Man. Mm. Fast and Furious. It's not Fast and Furious. Oh, didn't the first one come out in 2001? That's weird. It might have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh boy, franchise, and obviously the movies are still being made today. Um, I believe there might be another one coming out. I'm not sure though. Uh, well, that doesn't help me at all. Um, <laughs> there's there has been three of them, I believe. I mean, three. Shrek. This is not Shrek. The uh, Mummy? No, there has been two of them, and they uh, also has a show. A TV show. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, Monsters, Inc. Yep. Yes! Yeah. Good job, Kyle. Thank you. Yeah, so 20 years ago, today... Wow. Yeah, First one came out. It's kind of funny because you mentioned that earlier in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I remember going. Do you guys remember going to see it in the theaters? Oof. Uh, oh, honestly, I have no clue. I might have. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it distinctly. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, it's if it's not your favorite, it's definitely at least top three of every person's list because it just of how good it was made and um. I was always, I mean, Kyle is a big fan of the, uh, I mean, I am too, but the uh, attraction they have now, but I was always surprised of how they never really made a huge ride out of the franchise, you know? Yeah, yes. they have one. Oh, sorry, Nick, you go. No, you go ahead. You're good. Oh, You're good. They, they have one. I think it's in California. That's, that's, I think it's California. It's pretty much, it's, you know, it's. Uh, based on the climax of the, uh, the the first film, where they're jumping door to door, it's more like that, and it's got more of like the characters in it. So that I would wish that they would bring that to, to Orlando. That sounds awesome. Mike and Sully to the rescue: the dark ride attraction at Disney's California Adventure at Disneyland Resort. So there you go. Yeah, and it's like it's something that could easily be in any park, you know. So. Hey, maybe if they decide to make another movie or two, then they can do that, but, you know, so. Oh, yeah. that's another thing. Damn, IPs. All right, I'm going to have to keep that in my head for next week. <laughs> IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as always, hopefully you guys enjoyed listening. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at For Your Amusement or For Your Amusement Podcast. Also, wherever you listen to us on, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else, make sure you subscribe. And as always, we'll see you guys next week. Peace.